0: Hello listeners, welcome to the Web Chatham Report, episode number 78. How's it going? you been? How's your last two weeks been? Everything going okay? I hope it's going okay. Happy weekend. I'll let you know in a little secret. It's actually Friday morning here. I did not take Friday off this week because I'm taking off a giant chunk of next week uh, because of the election, but we'll get to that. And, uh, you know, I got a lot to do this weekend. It's been raining a lot and there's a wind storm and there's a bunch of leaves on my ground and I need to like vacuum them up and mulch them. And that takes better part of a day, all the gardening. So I was sitting here this morning and I was doing my, my morning stuff and, uh, on Slack at work, like five people were including Matt, the CEO and Dimitri, the CTO and Mark, the head engineer on Nimbus. We're all like, we well, remind reminder everyone I'm out today. I'm like, Oh, well, screw it. I, nobody's going to notice if I, just sneak my podcast in for an hour this morning instead of trying to do it on the weekend. And also, I redid my sound setup on my computer when I did the new computer. So I think the problem that I've been having where you guys hear all the beeps and stuff, that that should be fixed now. I am not using the sound input selector within GarageBand, I'm using the sound input selector at a system level to move all the sound to the headphones, so before the sound would come into my headphones for the podcast and my my voice and whatnot, but all the system sounds like text alerts and beeps and emails would come in through the main speakers, so you would hear it, but I think that's fixed now, so I can leave my Slack open in case somebody from work actually needs something, (laughs) so I'm going for it, I am going for it. Yeah, it is day 235 of my quarantine, and we are still keeping it. I don't know if you guys are still keeping it. I hope you are, but I understand if you've uh, cracked once or twice, because it's a tough world out there. Sorry, I'm really trying to find the center of this mic. That's another thing I did this week, is I moved the microphone arm a little bit. So that I could get it closer to my face when I was on screen on Zoom calls and stuff like that. And now I can't find the center. <laughs> I think it's, like, slightly off. Oh, there's the center. Hold on a second. Yeah, that's better. All right. So, yeah. All right. I don't know where the center of the mic is now. Day 235. We are keeping our quarantine. Uh, you know, we see some neighbors on the street sometimes. And... Uh, Emma had a friend over, and they sat outside for a couple hours this, this last two-week cycle. That was a big event. I think that's the first person to visit us in the house. I mean, you know, a plumber was in the house with a mask on, and a woman from the Kitty Adoption Agency was in the house once with a mask on. But this is our first visitor friend in since early since February, maybe even January. So that was nice. It was good to see her. I hadn't seen her in a while, you know. Uh, that was a big event. <laughs> uh, but really, you know, I'm just kind of in self preservation mode here. Last night, yesterday at around noon, our power went out and it was out for about 12 hours, 11 hours. Uh, I walked up the street to the main road and there were three down power lines. It was pretty weird. I don't really know how they fell over. Like, we had a big windstorm yesterday, remnants of Hurricane Zeta, and messed up my plants. And that was a whole thing and knocked over like the few of the most of the remaining tomato plants knocked over my lettuce plants and my pepper plant they are still like giving i think they're salvaged we'll see but the frost is coming I'm, I'm digressing here but that's what we do right frost is coming so i gotta move a bunch of the basils in tonight anyway messed up the garden this windstorm but it wasn't that windy you know what i mean like tomatoes and containers are very top heavy it doesn't take a lot of wind to knock them over But I walked up there, and like three power poles were down, and they weren't three in a row. It was really weird. So one was in the trees, and I didn't see a down tree, but I guess it's conceivable a tree blew over, hit the power line, knocked that one over. And then the second one was next to it, so I guess it makes sense that one could have fallen over, right, the tension from the third one. But then there were like four power lines that were up, and then there was this one just in the middle of a field, not near any other trees that had just fallen over. (laughs) It was pretty crazy. So, yeah, you know, that took a while to fix that. We were without power until about midnight. And, you know, we have power walls, we have, uh, solar panels and power walls. So during the daytime it was actually really fun. We just opened up the app and looked at our power consumption and kept the power consumption under the power generation and the power walls stayed fully charged. But at night we're like, okay, well now we're, you know, we're running off of batteries and so we got to be careful here. And we've never had to go all night on battery before. So we weren't sure, you know, we'd had all the AC turned off the HVAC and we were watching TV and stuff and keeping it low. And at the rate we were going, we would have been fine. We would have like 40, 50% of battery left before morning. And it was getting kind of hot up on the third floor where Jane Sleep, so, you know, our plan was to do a big HVAC blast before bed and use like 10% of the battery and cool it off. And then, you know, we cool at night, so we fine. Uh, but the power came on right before I we went to bed, so everything was safe. Yay, we made it cool. And then I went to bed, and we had 79% of the power wall, and the power was on. And then I woke up, and the power walls were down to 52%, and the power didn't go out again. So I don't really know what happened. That's kind of alarming. We're going to have to call the like, people and see what's going on with that. But... Yeah, it was a big adventure yesterday with that. Uh, yeah, let's see. What else? Um, you know, really, it's just self-preservation mode till the election. Who, who are we getting here, right? I am staying functional at work. I got this board meeting on Tuesday of next week. Matt, my, my partner, the CEO, blessedly volunteered this time to do the first pass of the board deck. Usually, I take the first pass and he polishes, but he did the first pass this time. And I got to tell you, I almost wept with gratitude on that one, man, because I was not really in a state to write a board deck this week. We had totally, you know, this board meeting got scheduled in January. We had like somewhere like two months ago, we emailed the whole board like, hey, just so you know, like your admins put this board meeting on election day. I don't know if you guys care. Everybody's like, well, whatever. It's early in the morning. Let's just get it over with. And I was like, yeah, that's the right choice. I don't want to put it off. So we're doing it. And, uh, you know, it's already now. It's good. And, you know, the company's doing well. We got good news. So I'm not particularly worried about it, but it is, it is always stressful. Board meetings are stressful, you know. And on top of that, the election. And then on top of that, I'm just not in a f- great physical state. Like, the diet's going well. It's going slow. I'm down, like, 17, 18 pounds from... Uh, from starting, but you know it's definitely slowed in the last couple weeks because I have been baking, and it was Jane's birthday, so I had to be her a cake, and blah blah blah. But it's going fine. But everything else, like my finger, is really in bad shape. Uh, I, I damaged it maybe eight nine years ago at a wedding, and uh, it just it healed. And but this year, it just it hurts a lot more. I have trigger finger; it doesn't close at the same speed as the other fingers. I actually realized just the other day that. It's worse. I can I can bend it fine, and I can bend the one next to it fine. But if I bend the two middle fingers on my left hand together, it hurts really bad. So that's you know. L- luckily, it doesn't hurt when I type because I'm only using one at a time. But it's bad. And you know, <laughs> the funny thing is, there's a neighbor in our neighborhood. We don't really know him well, but he's friendly to us on our walks. <laughs> and every time we saw him yesterday, and one time we saw him doing like doing some like you know uh, herbicide on some weeds in his driveway and the pavement cracks. And Emma I was like, oh, you could use from that they got to talking and every time we joke that after we have a little chat with them we'll be like also can you fix my finger <laughs> Cause it's bad and it's been bad for months now and it might be seasonal. And I'm actually starting to think it's seasonal because the other thing that's happened is my headaches are back with a vengeance. It's really bad. I, I, to recap, I have a fused neck, three fused vertebrae from birth. It's a syndrome called clipple feel syndrome. I actually got off very lucky because most people with it have a cleft palate and I do not. But the flip side is that's why they didn't catch it till I was in my forties. So anyway, it hurts really bad and it hurts when I bend over, I get a headache and uh the headaches just are constant sometimes and i was just thinking like a few weeks ago like man i haven't had the headaches in a while but now i am they're back and here i am once again taking six advil without much impact and i'm doing my stretches and it just sucks and my neck is bad again i slept on it wrong one time like two weeks ago and i still haven't stretched out the kink and I, all that's just kind of like making me feel a little run down Uh, You know, it was my dad's birthday last weekend, so that was kind of sad. My mom and my sister went and picked out a spot in the cemetery for his and my mom's uh, ash urns, like these niches you get in the wall kind of thing. It's a cemetery out on Yankovich Road and outside of Fairbanks by the university, by the experimental farm. I love it up there I had a lot of friends up there it's like not as far out as our house was but it's just beautiful and uh, I think it's a great spot and but obviously that made me a little sad I called them afterwards you know and and uh, they sent pictures. And so, you know, that made me kind of sad. Uh, you know, no new news on the old babysitter who went missing, Sydney West, out in San Francisco. So I've still been kind of sad about that. I have a Google alert and nothing's gone off. And do you know how sad that is? I just feel so terrible for her parents. Just no news for another two weeks now. It's terrible. So, you know, all that's kind of like uh, I've been feeling it. I'm not lying. Election stress, pre-election tension. <laughs> Tricky should have really taken a moment And said so he had that album pre-millennial tension And he just put out a new album And he should have called it a pre-election tension But uh, Tricky lost a daughter last year So maybe he's got other things on his mind That's pretty sad oh, That album, there's some there's some sad parts on it Anyway, um, and then my friend Eva elise uh, Up in Boston, old friend of mine uh, Yeah, I've known her for geez 20 I guess I met her in 97 So 23 years uh, she wrote this really great essay and it, for Radcliffe Magazine. I think it's her alma mater. I'm not sure. But it was about how she hasn't made any friends this year. And Lisa and I are both just relentlessly social. And, you know, once we met, we were like unstoppable friends in this group that just made more and more friends. And, you know, she still does that up in Boston. And I was still doing that. And it Really, like, I hadn't even thought about this. But her essay really hit me. It was like oh, my God, I haven't made any friends this year. <laughs> this is probably the first time since I was like three or four years old that you could say that. So that, that like hit me hard this week. I was like, whoa, yeah, no friends this year, no new friends this year. And, you know, new friends, old friends. Oh, the uh, the counterbalancing gift of that one is just the fantastic, like how this has been great for old friends and so many people I've been in touch with that I haven't been in touch with for ages. One thing that's been really fun is a friend of mine texted uh, I think like Wednesday, Tuesday. And she said that her, she had her husband change all her passwords and all her social media until the election. <laughs> and so she, the thing she missed most was my daily Facebook update and she was sad. So I've actually just been texting it to her. <laughs> just every morning I put it on Facebook, then I copy and I put it over on MeWe for the people that don't like Facebook. I put it on MeWe. And then I, you know, I'm compiling them into a book. I don't know what I'll do with it, but I paste them into my Scrivener's manuscript. And now I just paste it and send it to her as well. And I'm like, actually, this is kind of awesome. I'm really thinking texting these entries might be the way to go. I might just move the whole thing over to text message after the election. And like, you know, if there's some software that like let you do like a group that. bunch of people together so they could have the comments and chat with each other if they wanted and then if you just wanted to get the post you could just get a one-on-one text to me and that would be it so i don't know i was still thinking about that i had you know uh rashly vowed in midsummer that after the election one way or the other i was going to stop writing them and i think that might still be true at least for the public i don't know we shall see and you know the election isn't obviously isn't over on election day so we'll see how that whole thing goes but other than that, you know, life goes on in Chatham County, doing my gardening, doing my lawn work, uh, getting my finances better. I moved everything over to Quicken, so every morning I do a little, like, tagging on finances. That's That's been pretty rewarding. Uh, Starting to think about Christmas, got some gifts for the family already, got some gifts from Emma. I Actually, I had a couple great ideas for gifts for Emma this year. I'm feeling very smug about myself with the Emma gifts. I, I, I'm doing great, so that's pretty exciting. Uh, I won't tell you guys yet, so you don't have to like hold on to the secret for several months. But, yeah, it's it's going all right. Life in Chatham County continues. It, it's definitely getting a little samey, but I try and find new things to keep me interested, you know? And then politics, of course. Uh, This is the last time I'm going to talk to you guys before the election. So, you know, I think today's the day. We're just going to go for it a little bit. Uh, I'm on this group Slack with a bunch of friends, uh, people that we've all written this newsletter together, and it's one of my big, you know, sort of group social outlets. I really love it. But there's this guy on there that I don't really know, and he was like, I just voted today. He lives in Texas, and he showed his ballot, and he voted third party, and... And, you know, he wrote, and it was definitely, like, he thought this out, you know, and he was like, I will only vote for these candidates that are this or this, and Biden and Trump are both evil, and, you know, I got it. It was a coherent moral system. It was just wrong, you know. And the, the other thing that really got me about that ballot was that he just skipped most of the judiciary. <laughs> I was like you pretend to care about what's going on and act like you're informed and then just not vote for the judiciary when you live in a state that has the privilege of voting for the judiciary you know And it made me really sad i did not uh, say anything to him about it. I let it go. It just put me in a bad mood for a whole day about a week ago now, but there's a couple of people on there. One woman worked at the Obama white house and another one and they just ripped into. him. I was like, Oh, this is very satisfying to read. So, you know, uh, I had this big epiphany this week, right? Um, the Amy COVID bash confirmation, obviously very uh, much upset me. And, and I was thinking about it and I tweeted this out and I was like, you know, I, I'm sure you guys know this, but to recap, there has been a really successful right wing conspiracy in America to use Hillary's phrase intentionally because she was fucking right since the 60s, you know, on the economic front with Milton Friedman and Barry Goldwater on the, on the gun rights front and on the, on the originalist quote unquote constitutional front, and on the pro-life front. And, you know, like the taking over the judiciary, Senator Sheldon Whitehouse did a great recap of this during the ACB hearings. And uh, I was like, okay, that's all fine. And, you know, cause people on Twitter were taking this moment. They're like, if you're upset about this, donate to pro-choice causes. And I'm like, yeah, okay, I'll totally donate to pro-choice causes. But, What I really want to donate to is the commensurate vast left wing conspiracy that they keep telling us exists, but just doesn't. Right. There isn't the same network of think tanks and judicial organizations and funders that are funding like academic research into the judiciary and and, and writing papers that are cited in amicus briefs and all of that. And it's just not the same thing. And I want to give money to that. I want to, you know, it'll take 20 years, but let's 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 fight back, you know. So I was talking about that, and, uh, and it, really, it really hit me that—let's see, see if I can make this make sense—that I have been—you obs- guys probably don't even know this, right? Like, I've been obsessed with politics my whole life, and I was raised that way. My mother worked on political campaigns when I was a kid. Some of my earliest memories are folding— Flyers back when they were xeroxed flyers that you folded and stuffed into envelopes and sent off to like voters, right? The was the direct mail. It was manually done on these low-budget 1970s Alaska state house campaigns, Senate campaigns, things like that. And I spent my life doing that in my childhood. I, I have vivid memories of sitting in political booths at fairgrounds, writing on political floats, and then I managed a campaign for my friend Frank when he ran for state house in 1993. And, uh, you know, he was a Republican, but he's a good one. I don't even know if he's still a Republican. He's so comically liberal now. And I knew it at the time. And, uh, but you know, his dad was a Republican and he felt like, you know, he's kind of like, it's interesting. I like, uh, you know, whatever. I trusted him and I was right. And I, he's actually just been a really great, he's a lawyer, but he's like, you know, public defender and defend and people's rights. He's a great guy. Anyway, uh, I've been doing this my whole life is the, is the, the point I'm making. And I was like, but nobody really knows this. And I profoundly regret how on the, the last time around, the Hillary Trump uh, presidency, yes, I talked about politics on Facebook, and then some of you were there, but, like, not in the same way, and I wasn't so I I wasn't so aggro about my actual, I don't mean aggro, like, vo, vocal about my own opinions, right? I would talk in discussions with people, and I'd try and sort of pick apart little points, and I, I thought that maybe I could, like you know, clarify a point about this or that of their concerns about Hillary. And if that one point that they said was their stated concern was clarified, then they would support her. And I realized that was just bad. They were operating in bad faith and they never really meant those points. And even that was like, you know, there's a gap between these things, right? From 1993, I did work on the Obama campaign. Um, The first Obama campaign and the second Obama campaign. As much as I could, I tried to get the company involved back when I ran the Barbarian Group. But uh, you know, all the partners were not in agreement, which is (laughs) at the time I took that as completely reasonable. But now I get a little annoyed about it. Made some good friends that worked on the Obama campaign back then, and those you know the relationships pay off. And I I I helped. uh, uh, You know, I've done things the whole time is my point. But I what the main point is I'm saying is that like from like the early '90s to like the early two 20 two tens, I just stayed pretty quiet about it I, I was very political and if you knew me well like I said this on Facebook and a couple of friends are like you never did this and I was like well I didn't to you but I did to most people I didn't speak out as much as I should have and I really regret that now and so you know this like feels like a time to speak out more and I, I feel good about what happened this time the other thing is that like, I had a, a bad faith actor on the Facebook post for the first time. This election cycle, you know, it was kind of like in March or April when I told Facebook, I was like, look, I'm going to talk about politics this time. So if you got a problem with it, that's too bad. But I, I, I was but like, I tried to be good about it last time and play, but this time I'm talking about it. And I, you know, that, that was mainly for the benefit of my family. <laughs> I do have like all family, I guess, mainly aunts and uncles, but I got some Trumpers out there. And they all handled it really well. They're all very civil and very polite, and most people were. But I had my first sort of almost troll. I don't even know if she was a troll or if she was just, you know, she's been brainwashed, but. And I just unfriended her. She's like this person I barely knew from like back when I was a drunken advertising, and you know she's good time to drink with at a bar back when you had to find people to drink with bars at one a, one a.m. on a weeknight. But not someone I really know. And uh, I was just like, yeah, nope, bye. <laughs> So all of this is to say is today's kind of the last day before the election. You're going to hear from me. And I think, uh, you know, it should be obvious what my opinion is. But if you haven't voted yet, please do. And, uh, you know, obviously you should be voting for Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. But beyond that, please vote for your senator. Find a vote for the Democratic judges. I urge a straight ticket. Don't skip anything. Ooh, fun! Slack just beeped, and it was only in my headphones. And I just went back and listened, and you didn't hear it. So my experiment worked! Yay! Anyway, I cannot stress the importance of of the rest of the ticket, especially the Senate and your your U.S. House races. Like the Senate is the Senate is our backstop, right? Like we're all worried that Trump is going to steal the election, but if he steals the election, the guy is totally only in it for himself he is a sociopath and he is monomaniacal and you know what he's not going to do is think to himself I need to steal this election but while I'm at it I'm also going to steal it for Lindsey Graham and I'm also going to steal it for Joni Ernst he's not going to fucking bother he's going to leave them out to dry so if we win those elections we're going to win those elections and the Senate taking the Senate is as important as taking the presidency both if we lose if we lose it's vitally important because we need that extra backstop and we can stop his railroading of judicial nominees and we can get Mitch McConnell out of the Senate majority seat that's huge and if we win we need it to like get anything done if we win the presidency without the Senate we're fucked like we have we'll have stopped the bleeding and it'll be the equivalent of like your arm got cut off you wrapped a tourniquet on it and you just walk around like that for the rest of your life like no you need to go to the fucking doctor man <laughs> preferably if you have the arm hanging out you should get it sewed back on so please vote and please vote right and I hope uh, the next time you ta- we talk, we are in a different world. I think that would be really lovely. That would be great. We've got this virus going on. We are entering a third wave. Every morning when I do my private words, I do my Facebook post for the public, and then I do 750 words uh, to myself using 750words.com, which I really love. Insert podcast ad here. Uh, I have a little stats thing at the beginning. I, you know, most of it's for work tracking. How do we do on revenue on time hop? How do we do on revenue on Nimbus? What's the bank bound, you know, stuff I do as a operating officer, but also I track and I have been doing this since March. How many people in the United States have gotten the disease? How many people have died of the disease? How many people in my County, how many people in my hometown, and you know, I, I check those stats every day. I am living it still, and watching them all go back up again is certainly not surprising, given how like idiotic such a segment of the country is, and our leadership is so abysmally failed. But it's not fun to watch. There was a point about a month or two ago where the daily death rate was down to only 600, which is horrendous. But it's back up over a thousand every day now, and it's getting worse. The hospitalization rates are going up. It's just—it's insane and you know other countries have faced up to this and they're locking down again and we're not like we're just pretending things are going back to normal and it is not you know (laughs) every time i go out i'm still only going out to get groceries and i run to the pizza joint once a week those are my that's it right me just me the rest of the family stays home i wear a mask Blah blah. blah. of course i go grocery store first thing in the morning i get the pizza at 4 30 in the afternoon so nobody's in the joint i go in and out Even when I just do those things, like, the roads are packed. Everybody here is just pretending this is back to normal, and it is just terrifying. And I feel really bad, because Joe Biden's going to probably win, and then he's going to try and solve this and tell people they need to act responsibly, and it's just going to go right back to the old days, where they're going to be like, "Eh, you're not the boss of me. Freedom. Freedom. Yeah, well, anyway, at least, you know, the CDC can start to repair itself, and there are things we can do. Anyway... The kitties are doing great. Our official adoption of two of the kitties have gone through. So we're now the proud owner of two kitties. We still have two other kitties up there. One guy applied to adopt one, but we haven't heard about that since. And that's kind of good. There's one more that Emma really wants. I tell her she can keep all three if she wants. But, you know, it's kind of like when you're a kid and your parents are like, yeah, you can you can have a pet, but you got to do all the cleaning, except for Emma's a responsible adult, so she knows the deal means the deal. <laughs> and I help out. I cover when, you know, like... With the two, I feel, like, semi-responsible. I will do my part. But if she's got a third kitty because she wanted a third kitty and the litter box is just that insane, then, like, yeah, that's on her, you know? <laughs> but it's okay with me if she wants the third one, you know? So that's, that's, the, that's the drama that's going on with the kitties in her life. <laughs> and then the gardening is going pretty well. I'm really into composting now, you know? I guess that's what gardeners do in the winter, right? So I got two compost piles going. I got one that's just leaves. I vacuum them up with the leaf blower in reverse and the leaf blower auto mulches the leaves and shreds them. And then I dump them in a pile of leaves in a three by three chicken wire cage and they will just compost in dirt on their own. It's a cold composting process. If you just do leaves, it's you know kind of magical. So I'm doing that. And then the other one is a normal compost, a hot compost pile like people have. And it's big though. It'll be three, it's three by three by three. And I'm using the kitchen scraps. I'm using shredded paper. I'm using leaves if I have to. I'm using mulch from my mulcher today or tomorrow, I'm going to take the mulcher out and mulch up a bunch of branches that fell down from the windstorm, cardboard, uh, you name it. All the old plants last week, I took down about half my tomato plants. You know, I buy, I bought, I had a mix. I had some, I grew from seed. Some I bought as, seed, as seedlings from the, the, the garden center and you know, some of those bonnie plants, they're hybrids. They're designed to stop producing after a while and uh those are all done so i I cut them down i I mulch the branches i put it in the compost pile i repurpose the dirt well the dirt's all going to a pile but i'll use it next year my goal is to not have to buy any more soil in bags because it's stupid expensive and be reusing last year's soil using the two compost piles maybe putting some additives in like vermiculite and stuff like that might even use some of the actual clay soil from around here Uh, if I can, you know, make it my own combination, that's kind of my goal for next year. So that's all going pretty well. Um, but yeah, the cold is coming. Winter is coming. I have five broccoli plants and they're huge, but they're not making much broccoli yet. And people tell me they're a fall plant, but they're just not making broccoli. I don't know what's going on. I feel like I'm doing something wrong with them. (laughs) Uh, yeah. And I got a ton of young basil and pepper plants that I'm going to be growing in the garage over the winter. So we'll see how that goes. Wish me luck jane is doing well she is now three years old which is very very exciting uh her birthday was uh, tuesday one week before the election you know i didn't think about that when she was born that her birthday would always be close to elections (laughs) didn't seem relevant at the time i just thought about halloween Uh, Uh, but it was fun. We made her a cake. I made her a flourless chocolate cake so that Janet and mother-in-law could have some too because she can't, you know, she's gluten intolerant. Uh, it was delicious. Very, very heavy fudgy. Oh my God. It was so good. And we put a three candle on it and we got her a bunch of presents. We tried all this last year. She had a party last year. We always have a Halloween sort of birthday party, but not this year, obviously. Uh And she didn't understand presents. She did accidentally blow out the candle last year, but I've been teaching her this year. So she blew out the candle. She understood. She was excited to watch us sing to her. She got it. It was her birthday. She says, I am three years old. And it all went pretty well. She loved opening presents, watching her unwrap presents. That was new. That didn't happen last year. So that was pretty exciting. Uh She's been good. Otherwise, you know, not napping as much. I had one cricky bedtime that was really rough. Those can be so exhausting. We're still trading off bedtimes though; that really helps. Janet's taking her one night a week over at the uh, at her house. That's been really nice. Uh, she's been a joy mostly. I don't. I'm not gonna say that the terrible twos and terrible threes are over because all my parent friends with older kids tell me that goes longer. But uh, you know, it's not been too bad of late. Um. Yeah, she's into reading. She's into writing. She's gotten very good at coloring. <laughs> Not so into numbers and math. I'm I'm trying. She's very good with her punctuation marks. She knows the difference between an N-dash and an M dash. <laughs> i just taught her trademark now she goes around and goes trademark whenever she sees a trademark sign which is the new version of what she used to do is go around and say ampersand whenever she's on ampersand. <laughs> uh I, we had an instant the other day it was really interesting she wanted to she was very upset with me she's really into routines and we we're doing breakfast and i didn't turn the lights on for breakfast and she started screaming And I picked her up and I was like, we can't turn the lights on for breakfast because daddy is doing a a stop motion movie in the window. And I took her over the window and I had one of those, you know, one of my iPhones clamped in the window with one of those suction cup mounts. And I was like, see, and if this, this phone is taking pictures and making a movie, and if that light is on, it reflects and you can see it in the screen. And she like, you know, I don't think she understood everything I was saying. and I don't think she understands really, but she also did and she understood I was offering her an explanation and that that was why the lights weren't on and it wasn't just because I forgot and it wasn't that you know we were violating routine it was that something special was happened and I think that's a pretty key insight I'm going to use more often don't violate routine tell her something special and different is happening and she'll be much more excited about her routine being violated because my god man that, that, that girl she really really needs her routines but when you're on them and it's going great it's fine the frustrating part is she She will deviate from the routine and then you have to just roll with it. And now all of a sudden the routine has changed. But if you deviate, there will be hell to pay. But now that I found this, I'm going to try again. I haven't had another opportunity yet, but I'm going to try again soon and see if I can deviate from the routine and make it like a special, exciting thing instead of me meanly deviating from the routine, which is what she interprets it (laughs) most of the time. But yeah, she's good. She is. She's quite a joy. She is a gift in these lonely times. Uh, Discogs, I only sold two things this period. Uh, I've had a lot of email problems, and there's a whole thing I'll spare you from. Apple changed the way filters work on the mail, and I was losing my Discogs. It was a whole nightmare, but it's fixed, and uh, I only sold two things. I sold the Altamira's Parties compilation, number one. Ultimar's Parties was this rock festival I used to go to. It was just lovely. I loved them so much. I went to several in England and then, you know, the ones when they came to America, they're just fantastic. And they put out, they also had a record label and they put out these compilation CDs. You get them free when you went, so I have a ton of them. So I sold one of those. And I sold the Brainwaves compilation, which I'm really sad about, which is a CD compilation, three CD set from John Whitney's Brainwashed label from their their festival in Boston that was amazing called Brainwaves. I should not have sold it, but this guy really wanted it. I didn't realize it was up there profoundly regret it and uh now it's gone so that's a bummer yeah uh the archiving projects are going um yeah (laughs) Uh, i bought a bunch of half gallon garden sprayers and i have a set upstairs and downstairs now with neem oil and bt oil and and, and squirrel repellent and i labeled them all with the label maker and it was super satisfying (laughs) (laughs) That made me really happy. Any excuse to label anything with a label maker and I am a happy man, let me tell you. Uh, I added a bunch of stuff for you guys that are on my Plex server and uh, if you're not, let me know, drop a line, I'll add you to my Plex server. But man, I added a bunch. I really went crazy, got a little nostalgic. Uh, I added the misfits 1961 film. Somebody told me it was really great. Don't know anything about it. haven't watched it yet. Uh, I added the two RBG films on the basis of sex and RBG and, uh, those I got from Netflix and I ripped the blu-rays and the blu-ray for on the basis of sex had a trailer for Mary Queen of Scots on it, which I never saw and heard was great. So I got that that's up there now. Uh, then I went, just did a ton of 80s films. I, I did Suburbia, the 1983 punk rock film, Valley Girl, the 1983 new wave film, Monster Dog in 1984, uh, Beastmaster from 1982, and Caveman, the Ringo Starr caveman comedy. That movie had a profound impact on me when I was a child. There's a scene where they squish a big fly on somebody's face, and I nearly vomited it as a kid, and it was super traumatic. And then in the 90s, I tried to watch it again, and I almost vomited again. I have not tried since, but I'm going to rewatch Caveman one of these days. Supposedly, I don't actually ever watch movies, so we'll see. Uh, I downloaded Into the Realm of the Senses, which is a 1976 film about Sada Abe, a murderous Japanese geisha. It was one of the first NC-17 films. Uh, well, actually, it was rated X when it came out, but they got reissued as NC-17. Uh, it's a good time. I watched that. I was really into that film in the 90s. It is. It, it, it's. It's. It's a crazy one, but you might enjoy it. Uh, I bought the 4K of Get Out from Walmart. I ripped that so with all the bonus features and everything that's up there if you feel like re-watching Get Out. Uh, And then on the RBG Blu-ray, they had two trailers for I Am Not Your Negro and The Final Year, which is a documentary about Obama's final year. So I grabbed both of those because those look really interesting and I want to watch them and maybe I will if I can get around to watching movies. And then I've really had The Village on my mind for the last few months, uh, the M. Night Shyamalan film with Bryce Dallas Howard. And I remember parts of it, and obviously I remember the twist, but I don't remember a bunch of the rest of it, and I was kinda like, I wanna watch it again. And so I might rewatch The Village. So that's up there if you want to watch that. Uh, I still haven't finished the, fixed the vinyl ripping station, but I got a bunch of new vinyl I need to rip, so that's a project for this weekend, if I can get it done, that's one of the reasons I'm secretly doing the podcast on Friday, I also need to fix the Plex server, I got the Backblaze backup working again, so what happened was I got my, I had my old computer and I backed it up before I gave it to Emma, sold it to Emma. And uh, I made two zips, one terabyte zip of my entire Dropbox and one zip, uh, 100 some gigs of what wasn't on Dropbox. And I put them up on the cold storage on our Plex server, that'll work fine. But the one terabyte zip file will not back up the Backblaze. So it's like 1.18 terabytes. So I suspect Backblaze has a one terabyte zip limit. So I gave up on that. Everything's everything's backed up a million other places. So I just took those two zips. I bought a $50 hard drive and I just backed them up to the hard drive and they're going to the Colts. They're going to the storage unit. So that the backblaze is working again. The, the time machine is not working and I've had a support ticket in with QNAP for um, three weeks now and they escalated it to the engineers in Taiwan and they haven't got back to me. I am flattered. They escalated it to the engineers in Taiwan, but we need to get time machine going again. and I might not bother. I might just use the backblaze backup software. Uh, I like having the backup in the house, you know, but, um, I don't know like we both don't have time machine backups right now we have backups because we have backups at the old computers that we moved on to the new computers but uh, you know and I have mine mine's all in Dropbox as well but one of our backups isn't working right now and it's making us nervous so I might might inst- install the Backblaze uh, time machine equivalent but the reason i'm hesitant to do that is because that'd be two internet services running on mine because mine's already running dropbox and it's another bill and i shouldn't have to pay the bill because i got my own solution in-house so i don't know we will see that's that's something i really have to fix this week Uh, i have not gotten the four track tapes anymore that has not been happening but because really i've been focused on listening to music as you'll get to we're we're gonna do everything this week and then the music because i've just been listening to so much new music that it's just too much so we're we're doing the whole podcast and we're gonna end with the music that's my new plan so if you don't care about music you could just stop uh anyway so that because of that i mean i listened to like 40 new albums this week so i just haven't got around to listening to finishing the tapes and i think this cycle maybe that's probably what i'll do you know, I have two longish vacations coming up. I have five days off after the election and then I have a week off. So nine days at Thanksgiving. And so I will probably try and finish the cassette four track stuff over those two holidays. Uh, and then the photo books, i was all done i was really excited and i was putting sort of packages together for my mom and my sister and my aunts and uncles and i realized there was a typo on the cover of the one of my parents wedding instead of 1967 it said 1067 i was like these people were not at the battle of hastings man so uh <laughs> 1066 joke uh, so I had to buy five new books again it's like 150 bucks it sucked and I was like well, I could just marker it and I was like oh this is a gift you should do it right <laughs> these are like heirlooms that are going to last a long time you know so I sucked it up and I bought those they just showed up yesterday I've been spending so much money on Shutterfly it's ridiculous but it's done now I told you before it was done it turned out it wasn't done but now it's really done so that's exciting that is exciting uh, let's see what else work is going well uh, we have had several of our highest days of revenue, both on the TimeHop side and the Nimbus side. Uh, Nimbus is our ad tech s- offering. We uh, have an ad tech uh, ad auction service for other publishers. Many publishers are using it. We've been citing more quite often and uh we had our highest day ever today last yesterday actually which was really great i think we'll break that record again today so that's growing nicely uh we just did big product road mapping exercises for both timehop and nimbus uh if you're a timehop user we just put Flickr and tumblr into timehop to get your memories from those two services there's more to come but those are two low-hanging fruit We had contacts there they had open apis they were willing to help thank you very much Flickr and tumblr so you know uh if you're a big Flickr user like i was or a big tumblr user like i was obviously since i used to work there like those are really really great they really refreshed my time hop and made it feel really awesome so that's pretty exciting uh yeah you know things are going well at work it's 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 not a problem in my life it's hard to stay focused because of the rest of the world, <laughs> I haven't been to my desk since May, March, March, <laughs> first week of March, but, uh, it is going pretty well. So that, that is nice. Yeah. Uh, haven't watched any movies, not been much of a movie guy, I just like downloading movies apparently, but I don't really watch them. Uh, I've been reading Tim Wang's new book, the sub subprime attention crisis, which is an interesting book. Uh, I agree with a lot of it and he has a good handle on the ad tech industry, but I think I probably—I'm not quite done, so you know. I think I said this last time. I have not been reading much. I finished—I read like three quarters of this book, and then I just haven't read any of it in the last week because I've been doom scrolling every night. Uh, but you know, I think I see where he's going, and I think I'll agree with about eighty percent of it. So we'll see what's going on with that. Uh, there's a big antitrust case. I don't know if you heard about this, but the Justice Department and several states' attorney general, states' attorneys general—let's use that term correctly. It's always exciting when you can say attorneys general. Uh, they have sued Google, uh, under antitrust law, which is very exciting. And, uh, I read it and, you know, so there's this whole thing going on. Basically a Republican attorneys general signed on with the justice department on this brief and the democratic attorneys general did not because they said it didn't go far enough and they're not wrong. It didn't go far enough, but it is a shockingly well-researched thought through and strong argument, uh, Really, this is just an argument about tactics. Before they filed, I was very skeptical. I was like, yeah, sure, Google. And, you know, they're all monopolies and they need to be broken up. But I don't trust this DOJ and the Republicans to deal with it. But, you know, I have to give them props. It is a solid argument. And like, yeah, you can argue tactics like the the Dems attorneys general want to go big on everything. But this is a surgical strike. This is a one tactic Google is doing that is very very hard to refute and they do not say in their remedy proposed remedy section they don't say just fix this one tactic they're like and so we need to fix Google like they're still going big on the the recommended solutions and when that's what we all care about right but uh, they, they they went for one clear violation and there's very compelling case so I think I am more inclined towards it than I thought I would be actually Uh, There's a big hearing. Zuck and Jack and Sundar uh, all appeared before another congressional committee to talk about this stuff. Not a lot of new stuff happened there, except for Jack's beard was really wacky. Uh, The hearings don't strike me as particularly productive. I I think I'm a little shocked to be saying this, but I think the DOJ initiatives in the antitrust cases are going to be more productive than the congressional ones. And I thought the congressional ones with a bunch of Democrats on it would, uh, you know. They couldn't be effective because they don't—they can't sue under antitrust law the same way the DOJ does. But I thought maybe they'd be more revelatory. But they're—they're they're not, you know. Um, it's hard. I am definitely sort of anti-big tech, but I'm also deeply, obviously—I uh, understand this stuff pretty well. So when I watch those hearings, I'm like, yeah, you don't really get what's going on. And then watching Joni Ernst ask Google why they didn't fire someone that said something mean about her, you're just like, this is not productive. So, you know, but at the, I was a little surprised to see that the DOJ actually has it very well researched. So props to that. That was pretty interesting. Uh, yeah. And then television, uh, well, you know, politics. I actually, this week I was pretty good. I didn't watch a lot of politics until yesterday. Yesterday I was like, all right, we're going deep. But, you know, since uh, ACB got uh, confirmed on Monday and the Hunter Biden thing isn't really taking off because it's lunacy, and even if it was true, that makes him 10% of one of Trump's kids, but hey, whatever. Uh, There's just not much going on. Basically, what's going on in the news shows now, especially MSNBC, is that they are just prepping us for the election. They're like, okay, you know, they're telling us about interesting races. And, you know, Georgia's like definitely very interesting now. But I already know all that stuff. I I see all that stuff in the morning when I read the news. And they're prepping us for how it could go. And they're saying, don't, you know, don't count all your chickens before they hatch. Don't freak out on Tuesday night. blah blah blah. But I already know all that. So there's not a lot in the news. So I just haven't really been watching a lot of it. I've been watching other stuff. Emma and I have been watching Great British Baking Show, which is a great time. Quality comfort food, if you love it. Uh, I've been keeping up on Saturday Night Live. It's good. I really thought Jim Carrey as Biden was going to be better. And maybe part of it is because uh, right now, I don't really think it's productive to be mocking Joe Biden. And, you know, that to me is far more important than Lauren Michaels' belief in comedy or some shit. I don't know. Like, I just, I'm not up for it. But also, I just think, like, you know, Biden's pretty hard to make fun of but, uh, he's not really, they've had other people do a better job. Jason Sudeikis did a better job. The guy on, on the cast, I can't remember which one of them does it, but, um, it Mikey day, maybe, uh, anyway, whoever does it, you know, like they've been good. And I love Jim Carrey and I thought it would be amazing. And it really hasn't been. And so that's a little bit disappointing. Um, Adele was actually shockingly good as a host. I love H E R. her. She's great. Uh, learned about her when she did that Grammys performance, A Hard Place, a few years back, and I've just been a big fan, so I'm excited she's got a new album coming out. Uh, the one sketch, I will say, that was great <laughs> it was Kate McKinnon's sketch about being a fortune teller in 2019 to this group of people that come and say, oh, it's just been so hard. Let's see how much better 2020 gets. <laughs> I mean, just the setup is so good. In the part where Adele screams, why would I know the name of the Postmaster General in 2020? <laughs> And then she's like, I foresee that all your friends are gonna hate you. And he's like, Why? What did I do? And she's like, You went to a restaurant. <laughs> that was a very good sketch. It made me happy. Uh let's see. So I finished The Boys, which I enjoyed. I can't remember if I talked about this last week. Um, but uh yeah that was good uh yeah the fascism stuff was definitely uh hitting home that was a little intense and uh i the twist at the end i could have given or taken Uh, the very end twist i was like nah, man i had some problems with this but all in all i enjoyed the season and i would watch another one right now i'm watching lovecraft country alone emma's not watching it You know, I didn't really know what to expect. People are like, you know, it's about the black experience in America, so I'm like, all right, cool. Uh, And then they're like, it's also got some sci-fi and some some horror elements. So I'm like, okay, so maybe this is like the Watchmen. And uh, I watched the first episode. I was like, whoa, yeah, this is crazy. This is great. And then uh, then the second episode, and then like it turns a lot. Like during it's interesting. Here's the dilemma: in the middle of the second episode, I was like, oh, I don't know, this is getting a little samey. This just might turn into like a Black Buffy or something. I'm not really into that. And then. It didn't do that. It like totally went in a totally different direction. And I was like, oh, cool. And then after like another episode, I was like, mm, yeah, well, yeah, now I don't really know yet what's going on. It's all over the place. But I just finished episode seven. And so six was the Korea one, if you're watching. And then seven was the space one. And now I'm into it. I think it's pretty cool. I really like it. And uh, I, I'm feeling it now. I'm not a big horror fan. So, you know, and I've never been a big Lovecraft fan, even before, you know i found out how racist it was i just didn't care i don't care i never cared about H. P. lovecraft i don't like the guy what can i say so you know like i'm probably not the target audience for this show but i'm digging it it's it's solid it's a good time and then uh em and i just finished marvel's agents of shield finally the last season we watched all the other six so we're like well we should finish this thing and it was good um i you know it's a it's it's the last season, so they ended the show. So, not only ending the season and doing a season arc, they are wrapping up everything from the previous seasons. And I did not fucking remember like half of what they were talking about. <laughs> but uh, it was enjoyable. So, yeah, we, that's done. So, that's done. Uh, Lovecraft Country will be done this weekend. Uh, I guess I'm going to watch that chess show everybody's telling me is great, except for one friend of mine who was like, this show has got too many sexist tropes in it. Um, so maybe, I don't know, we'll see. Um, a near universal praise for the chess show, but uh, some, some sexist concerns, some feminist concerns. So we'll see. I will keep you apprised on that. And then the music. Whew. Yeah, all right. I listen to so much music, and I got a bunch of vinyl in the mail. A lot of stuff I would ordered way earlier and just appeared. So there's this record label out there. Uh, you know what? I got to actually look up the name of this label. One second. Three-lobed records. So, you know, browsing the internet somewhere, I saw this tweet or email or something. It was like, Three-lobed records has its new record subscription. You should sign up. New records from, colon. Sonic Youth. No, um, wait, maybe not Sonic Youth. I actually, no. Thurston Moore, Body Head, Six Organs of Admittance, Who I Love, and Sunburn, Hand of the Man, a band in which my sister used to be in. So I was like, yeah, all right, I'll sign up for this. And so I did. Uh, and I, you know, I did this like three months ago and I didn't even think about it. I was just like, cool. Yeah, deal. Done. You know, here you go. Have some money. And the first record showed up and I was like, oh, I forgot to sign up about this. And I never even heard of these people. This, this artist, right? The, the the group is called the Gun Truskinsky Duo, G-U-N-N, Truskinsky Duo. And uh, the album's called Soundkeeper. So I listened to the record. It's awesome it's a it's a duo they're making some cool experimental guitar noise and stuff uh, got some melodic system to it. it really reminds me of like thousand leaves era sonic youth uh, maybe goodbye 20th century it's great so i look it up and the gun is steve gun i'm like okay cool i've heard of him i don't know much about him but he's cool and i look up the other guy the tracinski guy and uh his name is john tracinski and i look him up and he's like a friend of my sister's and was on one of my sister's records and so I'm like, oh, that's crazy. So I text Val, and she's like, oh yeah, truck. He's awesome. And so I'm like, okay, cool. So that was great, you know. I started with this random record club. I get the first record. It's not one of the ones I wanted, but it was awesome. So Guntrusinski Duo, Soundkeeper, great record uh John Trasinski. yeah and then uh, i got uh, Springsteen's letter to you uh turns out i accidentally ordered it twice <laughs> i was very excited about a new Bruce Springsteen album uh but i got two different versions i got one of the colored there's three vinyl versions and i got two of them now i got like a colored one and a black one So I guess I'll keep them. I was going to return one, but I'm like, eh, whatever. I'll keep them. I like it. Uh, The Japan droids, Massy fucking hall finally showed up on vinyl. I mean, we talked about that record like two months ago. They've been sending me emails saying it's backordered manufacturing problems, blah, blah, blah. So it finally showed up and uh, I love that record. I love the live version of arc of bar on it. And uh, I never cared about that song before, but I listen to it all the time now. I just put that on. Uh, and then uh, the Dove's new album finally showed up in vinyl, Universal Want. I got the Deluxe Edition. It's beautiful, and it's got an extra 12-inch, some remixes. Probably not worth for the Deluxe Edition, but I have it now, and I'm fine with that. Uh, Phil Collins, No Jacket Required. You may remember this. About 10 years ago, Phil Collins remastered all his solo albums, and he made new covers. He recreated the old covers, but made new photos of himself as an aged man. Do you remember that? They're really awesome. So I got the new Jacket. They just repressed the No Jacket Required one and on a new 180-gram orange vinyl, and it's awesome. And I love Phil Collins. I really do. And one of the saddest things about this pandemic is I had a trip planned to London with a friend of mine, Rena, and some, maybe some other people. We hadn't figured that out yet, to go to England to see the Genesis Phil Collins tour next year. And it's still it's been postponed. It's supposed to be this year. It's been postponed next year. I actually think it's going to get postponed again. It's in March. I don't see a show happening at Wembley Arena in March at the moment, but we will see. Uh, And I hope it gets postponed again, because if it gets postponed to late 2021 or even 2022, maybe Rena and I can go. Plus, my daughter will be old enough and my wife won't get so freaked out about it. (laughs) She let me go to the Phil Collins solo tour in America, but she was not super happy about it. So, And I went with Rena and some other friends. Anyway, so that came. That's really awesome. I've been listening to Phil Collins' No Jacket Required a whole lot again lately. And uh, the new Mountain Goat's getting into knives. I bought a deluxe edition for Merge. It just showed up yesterday. It's got a patch and a pin and a cassette. Uh, yeah, I'm into that. I just finished listening to it again this morning, right before I started this podcast and then, uh, other albums. All right. So Illuminati hotties really into this band. It's a woman. She lives in LA. She's young. Uh, I think under 30. I can't remember exactly how old she works in the music industry in a recording studio and she's an engineer. And, uh, now I want to say in Brooklyn too. I don't know. Anyway, she, uh, I don't remember how I discovered her. But uh, I listened to her second album first, and it's called Free IH. This is not the one you've been waiting for, uh, which is a great name, but I didn't know what it meant. So I read the Pitchfork review, and it turns out that like she was on that one of those labels that got me would and everybody wanted to get off the label, and it was shitty. And she owed him another album, so she just dashed off this album. But it's fucking awesome, man. It's a great record. And I was like, well, Jesus, if that's just an album she dashed off, I want to hear the other one. So I listened to her other album. It's called Kill Your Frenemies, which is a great title. Uh, And it was really good. I strongly recommend Illuminati hotties. They They are super solid. Uh, EMA, uh, Exile in the Outer Ring, and The Future's Void, two different albums. Exile in the Outer Ring and The Future's Void. It's a woman. She's a songwriter. I think she's in Portland. Uh, those are her initials. It's definitely like ambient, experimental, a little creepy. I really like both of those records. Very much up my alley. Uh, if you're into that sort of thing, they they're very solid. Uh, I listened to an old Rose McDowell album. Rose McDowell was the, one of the two vocalists in Strawberry Switchblade, which was a new wave band. Had a sort of hit with a song called Since Yesterday. I really I really liked uh, strawberry switchblade. I have all their albums in 12 inches, but not only that, Rose McDowell was also a key member of many of those sort of apocalyptic folk English bands, like current 93 and death in June. She's been in all of them. She's, she's the woman in all of those songs. Uh, She had a band called sorrow with Boyd rice, uh, just a lot of stuff and she put out this so a while ago it's on sacred bones and i just missed it it's called cut with a cake knife so i wouldn't listen to that cuz there's been a there's a new pressing on sacred bones i didn't i'm not going to buy it though it's definitely it's more of the strawberry switchblade sort of poppy side than her weird apocalyptic folk stuff but it is good i liked it uh there's new future islands as long as you are uh oh yeah wait are they, yeah there no wait now i'm confused hold on a second yeah okay as long as you are is the name of the album i was confused because they're doing that weird spotify thing where there's a single and then there's another single where the second single has a second track which is the first single and they do that three times that seems to be the format now it's three singles come out before an album on spotify and each time you put a single out you append the last single to it which is fine for most people but it really fucks with my tagging system and listening system and i like i end up putting the same song on my playlist multiple times because they're on different albums it's just very frustrating and I get confused. But anyway, the album is called As Long As You Are, and I liked it. I've never been a giant Future Islands fan, and uh, to my great shame, they sent their original demo to my record label, and I did not even listen to it until many years later. Um, I did some shows with them when I was in a band with Dave from The Elevator Drops because they were big Elevator Drops fans. But I n- I've never been a giant fan, but I really like this record, and I am into it as long as you are. I've been listening to more of Woven Hand, which is the new band, (laughs) new-ish, the later band from the guy from 16 Deluxe, I'm sorry, 16 Horsepower, 16 Horsepower, the sort of gothy southern goth band, not 16 Deluxe, the shoegazy band. Uh, anyway, I discovered this man was in the latest incarnation of Crime in the City Solution and he had a new band called Woven Hand. I think I mentioned this last time, so I've been listening to a lot of Woven Hand. I listened to another album of theirs called Refactory Obdurate. I think I'm all caught up on Woven Hand now and that makes me happy because I really like 16 Horsepower and it just fell off my radar that he changed the band name and got a new new dudes in the band or whatever. So I've been listening to a lot of those and they're really good. Uh, I listened to something called Barker. Uh, oh, yeah. So, this was uh, this was Colin Nagy's recommendation on the, the, the Slack we're on. And he's like, it's awesome, man. He's really into it, like mellow electronica. So, uh, you know, I was like, okay, cool. Whatever. I'll listen to it. And uh, the, the, it was an album called Utility and an EP called Debiasing by a band called Barker or an act, might be an individual. I don't know anything about it. And I was like, okay, this is going to be, you know, more like uh, chill electronica. And it was, but it was, he was right. It was really unique and interesting. It was very syncopatic. Like, A lot of syncopation, a lot of weird, sort of slightly off syncopations, making interesting textures. Very into it. Uh, Barker utility. Uh, And then I listened to Three Trees. Okay, so there's this guy Thor. I think I've mentioned before. I know I have because uh, the Thor and Friends Records was also in the Swans and Michael Jairus solo stuff and Shearwater. And then he tweeted out. I, I, he's hilarious on Twitter. And uh, he tweeted, out, "Oh, I have another band by the way. They're called Three Trees, and we just got another song out, and it is called Some Bleak Horizon. And it was the Dead Voices on Air I see Ghosts mix. And I was like, Okay, well I remember Dead Voices on Air. I'm gonna listen to this. And it turned out it was really awesome. I don't know who's Three Trees with Thor, Uh, but this also sent me on a kick of researching dead voices on air who I really liked. What I didn't realize is that it's a solo guy. I mean, I realized it was a solo guy, but that he used to be in Soviet France. Soviet France is a well-known experimental band. They were on Soleil Moon. I was really into them in the 90s, but, you know, back in the 90s, there wasn't really an internet, so you couldn't really follow this stuff, so I read their Wikipedia page and it transpires that Soviet France were three dudes. One dude left and started Dead Voices on Air. The other dude left and started another band I really like called Rapoon. and the third guy is stuck around with the Soviet France moniker. And then the Soviet Fran- or the the Rapun guy and the did voices on air guy also got together and made another album under the name of a band called the Reform Faction of Soviet France. Except for they decided then quote they wanted nothing to do with Soviet France unquote so they just renamed the band Reform Faction. Uh, and I listened to that album as well, and I was like, the internet's awesome, man. I didn't know any of this connection. Now I really want to know what's up with that third guy in Soviet France. Like, is he a big dick or? <laughs> I don't even know, you know. Uh, so, yeah, Reform Faction, I listened to that as well. Uh, that was good. It was definitely more in the Zovia France realm, just sort of ambient and a little noisy. The Three Trees Some Bleak Horizon Dead Voices on Air I See Ghost Mix is awesome, though, because it's noisy. It's, like, kind of scary. It's got a lot of rhythm to it. It's dynamic. It was really cool. Really into it. Whew, that was a lot. Uh Nate Woolby. So Nate Woolley, seven story mountain. Number six is the name of the album. It's a sort of multi-movement experimental thing. It's got some choral stuff It is all over the map. I I can't even explain it. I don't even remember why I listened to this or how it came into my purview. Oh yes, I do. Uh, from a tweet from David Grubbs, formerly of Gastrodil. So he's like a lot of good music coming out this week, including the new Nate Woolley. I'm like, well, I don't know who that is. So, (laughs) but, uh, it's so weird. I need to listen to it a few more times, but it was very interesting. It's just like, it's like, I don't know. It's like a, a multi movement experimental symphony. It's crazy. Uh, check it out. Some Story Mountain, number six by Nate Woolley. Uh There's a new Sturgill Simpson. It is uh, called The Butcher Shop Sessions, Cutting Grass, Volume One, and it's definitely full on bluegrass. It is Sturgill Simpson recording bluegrass. Oh, God. Just as I'm saying this, I get the pun cutting grass. <laughs> I didn't get that. Anyway, yeah. The, I was like a little surprised when I put it on cuz the last Sturgill Simpson I was like Sturgill Simpson's journey is taking him towards being 13th floor elevator meets ZZ Top and I am into it. And then I put this on I was like no 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 and I'm like oh oh but now I get it. Cutting Grass Volume 1. <laughs> uh Wendy Eisenberg also came from that David Grubbs tweet. Thank you David Grubbs of G- Gastr Soul. Albums called Auto. It is like uh, noisy. It is folk. It is by a woman. She is a phenomenally talented guitarist, and uh, it's got some like jazz to it. I read an interview with her, and she's like classically and jazz trained by old old school experts, and it is very cool. So that was really awesome. Uh, Sarah Henney's actually. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Sarah Henney's. This is one more of the last of the David Grubb's recommendations and it's called Sarah Henny's spectral Malkondites. and it was uh, ambient and experimental and I really liked it. Um, you know, if that's not your thing, it's not your thing. You listen to it and you're like, yeah, it just passes through you, but it was good. Uh, made me want to make an album like that actually. So yeah. Spectral Malkindites mal- by Sarah Henney's. Uh, and then I was sort of the same thing with the whole like, uh, internet, uh, there is. I didn't mention this in the vinyl, but Acheson on Clem. Oh, I mentioned this last time, right? Uh, Aches on Clem, which was a, a collaboration between a guy from Bradford and a collab- uh, the Stars of the Lid. Uh, it's a vinyl reissue. I used to own the CD, I sold it on Discogs. And uh, the, boop, 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 where was I going with this? Right. So, yeah, I was like, man, whatever happened to Star of the Lid? And I looked it up and they broke up. But the guy, he does all sorts of stuff. He's on a bunch of the Johan Johansson soundtracks. He's like, he's like doing amazing stuff. But he's got this new band and it's called The Wing Victory for the Sullen. And they had two albums out, or they have a bunch of albums. But I listened to the last, most recent one called The Undivided Five. And the self-titled one, which is the first one. And they're both great. They're like the spiritual successor to Stars of the Lid. And I really like them. They're really, really solid. Ooh. Yeah, I listened to the new Health album, Disco Four Part One. Uh, I liked it, but I, you know, it sounded like Health to me. It's got a lot of guest vocalists. It was cool, but I've only given it one listen so far, so I, you know, I can't say much about it. Uh, then the Go Betweens, I mentioned on my Facebook post that I had done. I never listened to the Go Betweens. So everybody's like, "Oh my God, you have to!" I have a lot of Go Betweens fans, friends. Uh, so I did. I listened to Sixteen Lovers Lane, and it was good. I was like, okay, this is good. But I've only given it one listen so far, so you know, I liked it, but I don't have a lot to say about it yet. But I am trying, people. I'm going to get into the go betweens for you guys. Uh, Dream Nails, Punky Girl, uh, Woman Band from England. They call it. They call it Witch Punk or something. I think is the description they use on themselves. The album's called Dare to Care, and it was awesome. Super into it. Strong recommend if you're into English Witch Punk. <laughs> <laughs> rubber rodeo heartbreak highway. This comes from my friend, Paul. He's an old, uh, not Paul, but the friend Rubber Rodeo is his friend's band, and the friend is from Boston originally, and uh, it's like an '80s thing. It's it's very country. Uh, I loved it. It kind of sounded like The Call, who I love, as you know, uh, and it sounded like '80s a little bit, but it sounded country, and uh, that sounds like it would be terrible because country in the '80s was really bad. But this is like good, like what country in the '80s should have sounded like. I can see why they didn't go anywhere because this is the antithesis of what music in the eighties was sounding like for country, but it's awesome. Strong recommend heartbreak highway. And then that guy's got a new band called Sus S U S S and they have a new album called Highline. And that album is awesome. That is also country influence, but it's basically like ambient drone stars of the lid kind of thing with country over it. And it was just beautiful. I mean, just a beautiful record closest thing I could come to like, describing. It would be like, A giant sander, a friend's of Dean Martinez record that's supposed to be played on 45 slowed down to 33. (laughs) Oh God! Sometimes I get too obscure with the musical stuff. I just love music. What can I say? Uh, Good, bad, sappy, had No, good, sad, happy, bad. Album's called Shades. Shades. Uh, Sorry, I was reading my notes. It says I don't know where I got this from, and it used to be Mikachu and the Shapes poppy 80s fun yeah right okay i remember this right yeah this is so this band is called good sad happy bad which is basically impossible to google the name of the album now is called shapes which is impossible to google but the band used to be called mikachu and the shapes which is not impossible to google so i don't know why they changed their name that was really dumb but it's a great record it's like poppy and 80s and it's super fun and me saying that makes me think maybe nikki sent it to me i don't remember but i really liked it uh, and she, I think that Mikachu is the woman, man. I don't know. I read like one re- brief blurb. I got to do more research on it, but I really liked it. HVOB trialogue. All I remember about that is I really liked it. I don't remember what they sound like. I think they're scary, but, uh, I don't remember, but it was good. Hamilton Lighthouser is the original lead singer. The Walkman has gone solo, has an album called the loves of your life. I like it. Sounds like The Good Parts of Late Period Walkman. Um, It's a little boring in places, but it's well-written, and it's interesting. If you're a singer-songwriter kind of person, I think you'd enjoy it. Uh, One or two were very catchy, but it, it was, you know, I'm B. I'll give it a B. But it deserves more listens uh kevin morby sundowner everybody's talking about this record and so i had listened to some of the singles coming out and i was like all right i'll give it a shot and it was awesome i really liked it i don't know who this guy is i don't know why everybody was so excited about his album coming out leads me to believe he has a previous album people really liked uh i am listening to it purely because of advertising i saw it everywhere people like insisted i would like it and they were right it was very good uh Kind of reminds me of Mikkel Cronin a little bit, you know, like the sort of talented singer songwriter with a psychedelic tinge kind of thing. The album cover is beautiful, by the way. I really like the cover, Uh, but I enjoyed it and it's going to get more listens. Listen to the drive by truckers new album, the new OK, just because I've always seen that name in my life and I never knew who they were. So I was like, I got to check it out. And I liked it. it, you know uh it was not what i expected it was more sophisticated than i expected i thought it was going to be sort of like a beer rock but it's not it's definitely more sophisticated and interesting than that uh so recommend cautious recommend upon more listens new bruce springsteen letter to you i like it there are two or three tracks i really love on it at this point the slow ones mostly this whole big e street band thing i mean it's only been six years uh, I don't know. It's good, and I'm into it. I got to watch that movie. I'm still reserving judgment. I'm listening to it a lot. Uh, I do like the big band sound on the big band ones. Uh, I think watching. I'm really obsessed with his barn from <laughs> when I watched that Western Stars video, and I really love the Western Stars. So I'm not. This one's not catching me as immediately as Western Stars. So I, you know, jury's still out on it. Uh, okay, then Mxm Tune. Have you heard of this woman? So, oh, boom. Sorry. Hold on. All right, so AOC Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez did a, an appearance in Twitch, the video game streaming service. It was the second most popular appearance in Twitch ever. Hundreds of thousands of people watched AOC in Twitch play a game called Among Us, which if you are not familiar, is a game that is all the rage with the kids and it takes place on a spaceship and half the crew is real and half the crew are fake, not half, but you know, some of the crew is fake and you got to like figure out who's fake by performing little mini missions. Anyway, it's a great, cute little game. I really like it. Not that I play it, but I like watching people play it. So I'm all more than happy to watch AOC play it. And uh, she's playing it and she's on, you know, it's team based and they have chat and everything. And one of the people that's playing it with her is MXM tune and everybody like the chat going by in the Twitch window is going by so fast. It's nigh on un- unreadable. Right. But I definitely see a contingent of people saying like, oh, my God, I can't believe AOC is playing with MXM tune. I'm like, well, I don't know. Who this is. So I look her up. She's a singer-songwriter, she's Asian-American, she's from California, and I'm like, alright, I'm gonna check her out, because that's what I do. If I hear of a new artist, I check them out, right? So I first listened to her album, Dusk, and it was great. I really loved it. And then, so I just plowed through the rest of her work, Dawn and the Masquerade. The Masquerade was even better. It is a phenomenal album. She is a great singer-songwriter. She's young. She's going to be a huge talent. I look forward to listening to her albums for years to come. Uh, If you need a place to start, listen to the one called my TED Talk on the Masquerade. It was just fantastic. She was great. Then I listened to Handful of Snowdrops, who are an 80s synth gothy band that I used to be really into one song of theirs that appeared on a goth compilation called Dr. Death, Volume 4. The song was called Now, Then, and Forever, and so I was like, what is up with that band? And I go look them up, and they have only one album on Spotify. It is not the one that uh, I knew. So I listened to it. It's called Land of the Damned. Is their first album, and it was very good. Uh, eventually, I find handful of Snowdrops are active on Bandcamp. I buy a couple of the old albums. I haven't listened to them, in their completion yet. But uh, yeah, I'm back into handful of Snowdrops again. Great band from the '80s, <laughs> '90s, '80s, '90s, '90s. I think '90s synth pop, '90s synth goth, but in a good way. Slow, mellow, scary, emotional. Listen to the new Atecra sign. Uh, Very good. I was getting kind of tired of that band. I've seen them live so many times and I've never enjoyed it. I used to keep buying their albums and not like them. My friend Nick told me, he's like, you like this one, and I, he was right, I did. It actually has some cohesion and sounds like music to me, so that was, that was pleasant, really into it. Uh, and then the last album I listened to this week was Annie, uh, Scandinavian singer, songwriter, synth artist. She has a new album called Dark Hearts that is very different than the beautiful pop masterpieces of Chewing Gum and I Don't Like Your Boyfriend. That are her bread and butter hits of yesteryear. Uh, I met Annie once. She's amazing. Uh, anyway, she has a new album called Dark Hearts, and it's moody and scary. It's still electronica and it's still pop, but it's great, and I strongly recommend it. New Annie Dark Hearts. Yeah. Well, that kind of worked, this new format, just putting all the music at the end. I guess if you're listening to the podcast just for music, that might be a little disappointing. But, uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Hope you guys are doing all right. Hang in there through the election. We'll talk. I might do one next weekend after the election. I shouldn't have said that, but it might happen. Maybe we'll talk sooner than later. Good luck. Stay safe. Fingers crossed. Take care.